This is Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, an award-winning Premier League podcast. Hit subscribe now and you won't miss any of our episodes, including our interviews with former Premier League players. Last week, we spoke to Danny Simpson, who won the title with Leicester in that remarkable 2016 season. Scroll back in the timeline to find that one. But as it happens, Danny Simpson was also part of the last Newcastle United side to play European football. That was 10 years ago and it's been a rocky ride since then on Tyneside. But last night's goalless draw against Leicester confirmed that European football is back at St. James's Park. And for the first time in 20 years, it's the Champions League. What an unbelievable season for Eddie Howe and his players. But what's it been like to experience as a fan? Well, we should find out very shortly as joining me today with a sore head, no less, from the Gallagher Shots podcast. It's Chris Wallace. All right, Chris? I'm very well, mate. Absolutely buzzing with that result last night. Buzzing with the season overall. And do you know what it is? I just kind of wait to get back to business and, and let the Premier League season and the Champions League start once again next year. Probably buzzing that you're not too inflicted with a hangover today as well. I think you sound sounds like you've got away with one a bit there. <laughs> it's, it's always a bonus. Uh, me, me, me throats took a bit of a beating last night. Um, a, a lot of noises which I've never heard before coming out my body. Um, <laughs> but hangover free at this moment in time. But there's still time yet. <laughs> where did you go? Strawberry, Shearers, Newcastle Arms? Where where were you hanging out? So we tend to go anywhere where the wind takes with, to be honest. Um, a lot of those bars which you mentioned get rammed absolutely yeah. rammed on a match day because obviously people that have been at St James's Park will know that how many pubs we have close to that ground so we ended up at a pub called the Old George which has a lush little courtyard as well so the sun's always beaming down in there what a night it was last night obviously not the greatest of results a nil-nil draw against the Leicester side scrapping but you only need to see the scenes at the full-time whistle to see exactly what it means to Newcastle United who have spent a long time down in the dumps under the Mike Ashley ownership. You've had new ownership come in and Eddie Howe has done an unbelievable job. I think that's what you have to put it down to. A lot of people are talking about the, the ownership and the change in ownership. And it's, it's of course, it's right to a certain degree. But then you've got to get the right person to be the, the spearhead of, of this football club as well. And that's Eddie Howe. And I'm not going to lie, I had my reservations when Eddie Howe got appointed. I really did. Because as people know, we were linked with uh, Emery, who went to Villa. Eventually, he was a dead cert to come to the club. But it was Eddie Howe, which arrived. And do you know what it is? I think a lot of people are eating humble pie right now because a lot of people wrote Newcastle off as soon as Eddie Howe was given that, that head coach role. And the turnaround from this football club, if you look, when Eddie Howe took over, we were 19th in the Premier League table. It was only Norwich who were sat below us at that moment in time. To now be sat in third in the Premier League just after a year and a half, the first time that we've really put effort into a Premier League season for a long time. Because like you said on Mike Ashley, the whole point was to survive. That's all that this football club was, to, to try and cling on and stay in the Premier League. But since Eddie's arrived, and you'll talk about the players that were brought in, so Isaac, Bruno, Botman, Pope, whoever it may be, but then you have to look at the players that were already there and what Eddie Howe has done to them. You look at Almiron. You look at John John Rochelle, John Rochelle when, when he was, I know he's gone, but he, he changed form as well. Joe Linton, the prime example to that. that. Honestly, you could go through Fabian Shaw as well. Every single one of them just playing that extra step above, above what you would say their level is at this moment in time. Yeah, 100% agree with what you say. Eddie Howe has got much more out of those players than previous managers have. And you're right, the change of Joe Linton from a second striker or centre forward to this 
powerhouse in midfield. It's been amazing to watch. Just how impressive have these players been? Just how much have they endeared themselves to the Newcastle support? If, do you know what it is? I think a lot of people, a lot of players will struggle when they come to Newcastle because, as you've heard of the pundits say, it's, it's a goldfish bowl in Newcastle. The players can't leave the, the door without being stopped because, the, the, honestly, the, the, the key figures to this city, not just the football club, but to the city as well, and I know it's a cliche, but, but this is what we look forward to. We, we look forward to going to the match on a weekend. And I think if I just look at Bruno for a prime example of this one, Bruno's done interviews with, with the media and he says that he wants to stay here for, for the rest of his life. He's fell in love with the, the fans of this football club. And it's because we show our appreciation when players do it to us. When we can tell a player is trying and wants to be a part of this project, you get the same back from us as a fan base and we absolutely adore those lads. Yeah, is that why the fans were so pleased with Rafa Benitez when he was there? Because you saw a team that gave everything. There was effort there. Maybe not as much quality as you see now under Eddie Howe, but there was effort there. Is that almost the key to winning over the Newcastle fan base is to make sure you do give everything? I think it's just to understand the the football club and the fan base and realise that we have been through some dark times. And I know... People will compare us to different football clubs that have gone out of business, but we are what we are, okay? And, and yes, we'll have some some bad seasons under Mike Ashley. The thing with Rafa, I think the difference between Rafa is he stood up for the fans and we didn't have that for a long time. We had the media saying that, that Newcastle United fans demanded too much, were expected too much, we wanted a Champions League and we would never get it. And Rafa stood up for that. Rafa said, they do deserve it, that everything's there. They've got the structure there to become a, a decent and competitive football team. And you saw that in the players as well under Rafa. And I know some of the performances under Rafa against like some Man City and, and whoever that may have been were pretty poor because it was a defensive display. But that's what we had to do at this moment in time to survive. It's, for, it's completely different now on Eddie Howe because we are looking at winning every single game that we go into. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you only need to see the scenes and the outpouring at the full-time whistle yesterday. I was lucky enough to be at St. James's Park and I was actually on the side of the pitch when the families were on, the kids were on, kicking balls around. There was a lap of honour. I mean, normally when there's a couple of minutes to go before the end of a match at any level, you see the stairwells starting to fill up, the concourses start to get busy. There were still 52,000 people in the stands five, ten minutes after the full-time whistle showing their appreciation to the players. As I walked out of the ground, there was a lad playing the Champions League music through a <laughs> megaphone. He was enjoying himself. So That was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just goes to show, I think, that this has been a, a long time coming. Did you feel that last night with that outpouring of emotion at the full-time whistle? I, I think since, since the return from the World Cup break, we've kind of knew that, that we could finish it in the top four. I think it's been a bit of a squeaky bum time recently because Liverpool have hit form and hitting form at the wrong time the season for us. And we were struggling to, to win games, really. We're getting some decent results, but struggling to, to get those three points, which we needed. And it was reminding me of the season when we won the championship, when all Brighton had to do was win, I think it was two of their last six games and they couldn't do it. I thought we were in a similar position coming towards the end of the season. I think we just need that one more win. And I thought we are going to get against Leeds. Obviously, we didn't. The week before, we got beat off Arsenal. But I think once we got the point against Leeds, then obviously Liverpool draw out the weekend there. We're thinking, right, one point, all that we need is one point now and we can get this from one of the next two games. I was really confident that we would have probably got three against Leicester. I thought we, if we had got the, the early goal, we would have went on and absolutely smashed them. I honestly thought we would have. And it wasn't for lack of trying. 
we had close to 20 shots at goal in the first half. So, so we're trying my hardest. Um, but just to go back what you said, to, to see that the fan base and the club and, and the players all connected, and that's what you saw last night, that's what you witnessed last night at the side of the field. This is one big family at the moment and we get a lot of <laughs> a lot of abuse from, from different people because of these, these photos which we do in the dressing room after we get a win. This is something which Eddie Howe has done from the minute he came in at this football club and he didn't want it to get leaked but somehow the first one got leaked and obviously they just kept it up and I think those photos just show you how 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 much of a close-knit those players are as well you'll go to certain football clubs and the players they won't even be mates but I think now you can see every single one of those is grafting for 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 the lad next to him honestly it's, it's absolutely lush to see What needs to improve at Newcastle? Because you've done so well this season, but the Champions League will be another step up again. And there might be some concerns as to how the club will cope with that on the field, a change of schedule, more matches. In terms of probably signings in the summer, are there problem positions that need to be addressed? Yeah, I agree. I think the club came out previously and said that there's been three three basically categories in regards to the budget that Newcastle are going to be able to spend. One of them was finishing Champions League, one of them was Europa, and one of them was not getting European football at all. And a lot of that will come down to the likes of the commercial aspects which come with the Champions League. You're going to see huge sponsors come into this football club throughout the summer now. And that's, they are probably already flirting with the idea anyway because of the ownership and what we're going to do now. Um, but in regards to players and what needs to change, we need a, not necessarily a bigger squad, because obviously you cap like that, but just certain tweaks. You don't want to ruin the chemistry that the lads have at this moment in time too much. You don't want to bring this big marquee. Yeah. Are you worried in. about that? Whoever yeah. comes in in the summer, that that might be disruptive? Massively. And I think it's not because of personality, because I would trust Eddie Howe to bring the right character into that dressing room, because he's done it every single time since he's arrived. It's more the wage setup, which worries me, because you know how easy it can unrest players. You can bring a, a, a more key sign in, and I'll say that that's on what 150, 200 grand a week. And the rest of the lads that have been there for the last couple of seasons got Newcastle to the position where they are now, be thinking, I want a bit of that as well. So it can cause a bit of unrest, but I would hope that Eddie wouldn't let it happen. And I think it's going to be a slow build. And I said it's going to be a slow build since we've got the new ownerships and the new owners in. I think everybody's shocked that we've done it. In, the first season of trying, really, that we got in this position. I think most people would probably say Newcastle a top 10 solid finish and push for a Europa spot, if not the conference spot. But do, do you know what it is? Because we're ahead of schedule, slightly worries us. I'm not going to lie, it does worry us. Because are we ready for it? Certain things, yes. But we're going to be fighting a losing battle. And you'll be learning from it as well. Yeah. If you do get knocked out in the group stages... You'll be learning from it. And I guess this is the evolution of Newcastle United that we're seeing now. Can you play in Europe and still perform in the Premier League and get yourselves back into Europe again the season after the season after? I think it does take a bit of time for clubs to learn how to do that. For me as a neutral, I think the midfield has been so impressive for Newcastle this season. But, you know, away from Bruno Guimaraes and Joe Linton, you kind of struggle a little bit in terms of reinforcements. I was looking at your bench from a couple of games ago and I think you had four fullbacks and 
two strikers and only one midfield player. So yeah. is that maybe an area of concern? Uh, slightly. If we look at the midfielders, you mentioned the two Brazilian lads, which have been absolutely outstanding this year. They really have. I think Sean Longstaff's gone massively under the radar. When he's been missing games, you can tell he's, he's our work rate drops a little bit because he covers every blade of grass. And you need that sort of player that, that's going to do that dirty work, work and, and go as the unsung hero, really. Joe Willock, I've been screaming for Joe Willock to get an England call-up for, for a while now because he's impressive as well. But when one of those four drop, that's when we're seeing a struggle to get a replacement in. But I think every, any team's going to really struggle with that because that's, that's four centre midfielders, really, that we're looking at there. To go down to your then fifth-choice midfielder, you're going to be struggling. But... I think those four lads will obviously keep the spot and because Joe Linton and Willick can fill out on the left-hand side. But I think we need a defensive midfielder in there. That's going to allow Bruno to move further up the field because I feel as if he, he gets sucked in basically in the back and starts trying to play a defensive role that time. He's far superior going forward and creating those chances. You've been linked to players like James Madison, who, of course, you came up against last night. Harvey Barnes, another one, two Leicester players. Are those the types of players that you'd be happy to see arrive at St. James's Park? I, I think if he had said that at the start of the season, then yes, in regards to, to Madison. But I think the club, because of how well we've done going forward, I think the club will be looking elsewhere than Madison. And I'm a big Madison fan. I think we're, go- we're going to be looking at a defensive role. Uh, to, to name a player, do you know what is that? This is, this is not going to happen. But somebody like Declan Rice, and I know it, it probably won't happen, but we need that sort of player that can just calm the rest of the lads down in that middle of the field and just let everybody else crack on with their game. That's what we need. And honestly, I would love it if we went out and bought Rice. It's not going to happen. Of course it's not. But that's the sort of player that I think we're going to be looking at. Okay, well, Newcastle United are in the top four. They're in the Champions League for the first time in 20 years. Question is, Chris, where do you want to go? Where do you want to book flights to? (laughs) Anywhere. You'd take absolutely anywhere. Do do you know what it is? It's just a pleasure to, to actually be in the conversation Never mind finishing in the spots. I think, obviously, you look at the classic ties that we've had. And you mentioned Barcelona there. Of course, you want you want one of the, the, the big lads. And I think the pot that we're probably going to be end up in, we're going to have a challenge on our hands. We're going to come up against the likes of Barca, Real, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Napoli. It's going to be a, a tough task. Yeah. It really that's is. what you want, though, right? First time in is. 20 years, that's what you want. Of course it is. Honestly, I think everybody's been checking the passports the last couple of weeks just to, to make sure <laughs> they're in date as well. <laughs> and honestly, we just cannot wait. We can't wait for this. I just want to give a, a, a special shout as well to the, the, the people involved with war flags that have been putting on the displays before matches. And honestly, they're one of the, they're one of the reasons that we've had that shift as well. Because... Honestly, the work, and I've seen it firsthand, the work that goes on behind the scenes. And they're in that stadium days before the match comes around, before kickoff. And the atmosphere that they've created, that's made that St. James' Park, that fortress that it once used to be. Yeah, there was an amazing surfer flag last night with Eddie Howe's face right in the middle of it. And uh, the message underneath, I think, was hard work pays off. And the hard work has paid off. I do hope, though, that you don't end up going to somewhere like Celtic for your first Champions League away trip. That would be <laughs> typical, wouldn't it? Listen, Chris, it's been great to talk to you, mate. Uh, Chris is part of the Gallagher Shots podcast, one of the biggest and best Newcastle United podcasts out there. Where can people find the show, Chris? Usual sort of audio uh, platforms, so Spotify, Apple iTunes. Obviously, what we do have a YouTube channel as well. We'll have live shows about five a week go out there at the minute as well and be even more next season, mate, as well. <laughs> what a time to be a Newcastle fan. Chris, appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, mate.
Nice one. That was Chris from Gallagher Shots, one of the best Newcastle United podcasts out there. I wonder what they will be talking about next season on the show. Will they be talking about Declan Rice arriving at St. James's Park? Will they be talking about games against Barcelona at the camp now? We'll wait and see. Whatever happens, you can keep up to date with everything Newcastle on Gallagher Shots and indeed by listening to Football Social Daily as well. If you're a Premier League fan and want to keep across all of the gossip throughout the summer when it comes to transfer news and everything else, then hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode again, including any of our chats with former Premier League players. There's some belting interviews we've done this season with the likes of Wes Brown and Danny Simpson, Pascal Chimbonda, Brian McClare, Trevor Stephen, Matt Jarvis. That's just a few I can name. So scroll back in the timeline to check those out. But from me today, that is it. And we'll catch you tomorrow on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.